Welcome back to Self-Developed Life. My name is Quentin Carlin, and this is the Personal and Professional Development Podcast. And today I've got Brad Hart on the call, and he just launched an incredible new program alongside Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and Russell Brunson. I'm sure if you have been online at all in the past week, you have seen their ads, their webinars, and all the incredible results from testimonials from these incredible business and personal development leaders. Uh, Brad was one of the first guys to partner up with them as a affiliate partner to help launch their new mastermind program. And Brad is no stranger to building masterminds. The guy's been a serial entrepreneur for years, uh, was working in the financial industry, uh, running his own hedge fund for a while, and has now branched off into helping people set up their masterminds. And he does a lot of consulting and coaching. He's just like an all-around, um, he's kind of one of those guys that kind of knows everybody, if you know what I mean. Um, he has a company called Make More Marbles, where he teaches people how to be more financially abundant and successful. And on this episode, we go deep into all of that and also talk about his transformation um, of his health, um, how he doesn't drink anymore. Uh, we just kind of talked a lot about really optimizing your life and your business. And right now, as I mentioned, that they're in the middle of a launch. So if you want to learn more about how you can upgrade your life with masterminds, go ahead, reach out to Brad and take a look at the webinar that Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and Russell Brunson have just launched. They did the biggest product launch probably in history. They did about $12 million in their first 24 or 12 hours, I think. Actually, I don't even think it was that long. I think it was right after during the webinar, they did about $12 million, 6,000 new customers. And uh, Brad is one of their top uh, affiliate ambassadors. So with that out of the way, enjoy this episode and see you soon on the next one. As always, if you enjoy this content, please go ahead over to iTunes and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, this video is also being streamed on YouTube, so you can watch that as well. And go ahead and leave a review on iTunes and share this out. Take a screenshot, tag Brad and myself, and we would love to hear your feedback. So enjoy the show. One last thing to announce, totally forgot, I'm flying to Hong Kong in three days. I got invited to go run my own mastermind of sorts. I'm doing a uh, two-day workshop retreat in Hong Kong. Day one is all about personal development, mindset mastery, leadership, team building, and was I'm going to do my next episode talking more about how this all happened. So stay tuned for the next episode going deep into um, really how I got invited for all expenses paid and a paid gig with two of the biggest companies in the world, Facebook, Uber, and from my friend who works at Nest T. So I'm really wanting to transition into doing more of these corporate trainings. So the next episode is talking about how I landed that and how I'm preparing for it and how you can come if you're in Hong Kong or want to be in Hong Kong this week. I know it's short notice, but hey, I'm going to be doing a lot more of these, it sounds like, on an ongoing basis. So I'll be sharing how that happened in the next episode. So make sure you subscribe to tune in for that. All right. Enjoy this episode all about creating your own masterminds. Going live on Facebook. Live on Facebook. Going live on Facebook. That's we're going to try we some it. stuff. Uh, guys, we couldn't get Zoom to work. Uh, so we're going to try Facebook Live. I'm going to try to share my screen so that you can see Quentin. But if not, can you hear Quentin? 
I'm here. Test, test. Test, test. If somebody who's watching, Steve or somebody that's joining us, can please just let us know that you can hear both myself and Quentin in the live. You won't be able to see them, but at least you can hear them. That'll be good enough for now. One, two, three. Am I there? And I'll just continue doing the Facebook dance. Live on Facebook. Live on Facebook. Do live on Facebook. Live on Facebook. Going live on Facebook. Live on. Nobody? Nothing? All right. Hey, Mary. Can you let us know if you can hear Quentin right now? Hi, Mary. Can you hear me right now? Oh, we have we have a little bit of a lag going. That might be it. Yeah, no, yep. I just actually uh, tested the audio and I can hear myself. Oh, great! I opened it on my, it on my phone Bingo. to do a little test. So. Okay, we're good to go. Let's get underway then. Awesome. Cool. Well, everyone, welcome. That was an interesting introduction because we're doing something a little different here. I've got my man Brad Hart. That's like the coolest name. That's like a celebrity rock star name right there. And uh, it's it's great because you just got back from an awesome conference, traffic conversion doing some great stuff in the entrepreneurial industry. Happy to have you on the podcast, my man. Uh, come on out and give it a little bit of introduction of who you are and what you're up to. And yeah, man, stoked to chat. Thank you so much, Quentin. I appreciate you coming in all the way from frickin' Busan, South Korea. That's a long way away. Uh, and it's a beautiful world we live in because we can be connected through technology. And even though it's never exactly the way you expect it to be, it's still a beautiful thing. So I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to meet you and your listeners and uh, share some stories and some things that have happened in my life that might support you in your journey. And uh, a little bit about me. I'm a kid from Long Island. Uh, you can tell by the accent. I live in California now. I've been an entrepreneur since I was very young. Since I think I was 12, I started mowing lawns and stuff just to make extra money around the house. Uh, my parents struggled a lot with money when, when I was young. And uh, my mom had to leave because my dad was injured and she had to go find work. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was kind of like subsistence, like, you know, social security disability checks and anything I wanted to have extra than that, I would have to go find myself. So I got pretty resourceful in that regard. Um, yeah, my money journey was always kind of the, the center point of my life until, uh, you know, through a few crazy connections along the way, I ended up uh, at age 26 actually starting a hedge fund of all the crazy things I could have done, uh, which was very successful monetarily, but not very successful fulfillment wise. So I had kind of mastered the art uh, or the science of success, at least in that very narrow um, niche, if you will, but I hadn't uh, mastered the art of fulfillment, and that's what I'm more about today, is blending those two so that people can do more, be more, and give more uh, as they were meant to do in this world, because I think there's, there's a lot of really beautiful things you can do with the time you have here. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's such a common story with a lot of people I chat with, you know, like, hi, High producing entrepreneurs that they get to the top of the ladder and they're like, wait a minute, I was climbing the wrong ladder. Like I was literally going towards all these things that I thought would make me happy. And then once they get there, they're like, well, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel fulfilling. I want to go over here. And then they kind of turn the ladder around and start climbing this other one of more purpose and meaning and service. And I think you're a great example for that. And starting a hedge fund, like that's a pretty big undertaking to take on for someone. How old did you say you were? You were like, uh, yeah, I think we 20? started it when I was about 25 and I wound yeah. it down. I was like 27. It lasted for about two years and it didn't okay. go away because it wasn't successful. It was actually very successful. Uh, the yeah. reason it went away is because it wasn't fulfilling. And ultimately I couldn't see myself doing it for any longer than I was. I was under a lot of stress during that time. Even though we made a lot of money, it wasn't very good work, um, sustainable, like soul filling work. 
it just felt like I was grabbing for all the marbles when I really wanted to make more. All I really wanted to do, Quentin, it turns out, is dance on Facebook, you know, and do live on Facebook. So. That's, that's, that's all we all want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you have your company, Make More Marbles. That's right. How did you get that name? And that, that's kind of like your your, uh, your your goal, how you teach other people to become more successful. Oh, yeah, there you go. Cool. I, I got a whole bunch of them. Uh, yeah, so the idea around that, there's a few different ways you look at it. But the, the story for me was like, I felt like on Wall Street, we were kind of like the hungry, hungry hippos where you're grabbing for all the marbles, and you remember that game, it was four hippos, yeah. not enough marbles, uh, you gotta grab for what you can, it just felt like that, it felt very scarce, it felt like there's never enough to go around. I was like, well, what if we just made more marbles? I'm like, that's kind of a cool name, why don't we just call the company that, you know? Right. And the company didn't do anything then, it was just kind of an idea I had, but now right. it, uh, it helps facilitate courses and, and retreats and masterminds all over the world, we actually have a program now to teach people to build masterminds, and that's what we're mostly focused on at the moment. I wrote a book on that subject, which will come out later this year. And um, yeah, I just want to build community of people that are, are doing cool shit and getting success in their lives, but also they're fulfilled doing it. That, that's amazing. There's a couple of things to touch on there. So as far as the masterminds, you know, we'll, we'll dive deep into what you're working on here uh, in, in a moment. But talking about retreats, you just had a retreat in Bali, right? That's right. Back in November with the Greatness Foundation. I'm on the board. Mike runs it. Uh, he's the founder. And he's got a great team behind him. We do school builds, house builds, working refugee camps. Um, anywhere there's a crisis in food, utility, shelter, education, we want to work on those problems, those global sustainability issues. That's awesome. And I just got back from a month in Bali. And I found that there's a massive, massive community there that I had some of the best masterminds with. There, I got involved in a men's group there. Mm. And I really saw the power of a mastermind. Like they meet every Monday. It's called Mentorship Monday. Run by a couple of my good friends, uh, Di Manuel and Nick Wood. And just being around, like Napoleon Hill talks about the mastermind principle, just being around like minded people trying to make a positive difference, it just kind of compounds your results. And I saw your post earlier about your experience at the Track Conversion Conference mm. about like that, that 1% daily, how that compounds. And it, it just, for anybody that's trying to start something, I say if you're trying to start something solo without a system, it's like, it takes forever to get there. But if you start something with the system, with the community, it just rapidly accelerates your results and your happiness doing it. Yeah, uh, that's a great, that reminds me of a great um, quote. I think it's called Parkinson's Law. Uh, right. What, measure, what gets measured gets managed, which is Drucker. Mm -hmm. And then what gets reported improves. But what gets measured and reported improves exponentially. So if you're out there saying, okay, I'm going to measure my results and my progress, and then I'm going to report it to people that I care about not letting down, like a community or mentors or, or whoever. Um, what I do and, and the, pay, the attention I pay to it is going to increase, and therefore uh, the results are going to increase, and they're going to not increase just linearly but exponentially and geometrically. So that's a really powerful framework. Like I literally have three of these uh, big Post-it notes on my wall um, in oh, wow. my bedroom, and there's only three things. Like So I have my long-term goals. I want to get value on this on this post so you guys can totally just take this and seal it um, I have my long-term goals they're 10 they're up in my mirror right so they're money goals their health well goals and there's their wealth goals so like four three and three so those are my 10 but those are the ends goals you also need means goals which are things you do every day so that if you do those things every day you'll end up hitting those goals inevitably right so the three the three means goals for me are uh, I have to exercise every day and exercise is like the the must and that stretches the the ideal and waking up at a certain time is ideal and taking a nap is a certain time is an ideal. Like those are the the kind of modifiers. But the main goal is is you know move my body. 
Then the the secondary goal is um, marketing and sales. So that's mm -hmm. the next most important thing because if there's money coming in the business, then I can do a lot of things with that money. And that's kind of a key means goal to make all these other things happen. And there's more people to support and all that great stuff. And that's all wonderful. And then the third one is uh, I need to create uh, content and do mindset work. That's a must as well. And then there's modifiers on both of those as well. But those are the main three things. If I do those three things every day, that mm -hmm. means I won the day. And that means I could check off that box. And I write down those wins every single day on these giant post-it notes in small writing. And at the end of the month, I take that sheet. I take a picture of it. I send it to Fancy Hands, which is my little, you know, they, they're like a VA service basically and they'll take all that and put it in a spreadsheet for me so I can look back and be like this is what I actually created this month it's tangible it's, it's reasonable like because it's it's easy to like look back on a day or a week or a month and be like what did I really accomplish oh my god you know and you fall into that chasm of despair but if if you really were to audit and, and measure and report those findings, you'd realize very quickly that you did do a lot of things and then you can audit not the amount of output you put in, but what are the things that actually move the ball forward? What do I need to do more of next month or next week or next year that are gonna get you more results along those lines and ultimately hit your goals? So using that one methodology, I actually hit my Q1 goal in just 52 days. I had like 37 days left over in the quarter or whatever, I don't know what the exact number was, but. And I was uh, well ahead of the curve, and I'm already on my way to setting bigger goals for this year. So it's a really great way to get momentum. And the key is just no zero days, right? Quantum zero is a real thing in the universe. You don't want to have a zero day because that kills all your momentum, and you have to start from scratch again. So always have momentum. It doesn't mean you have to work every day. It just means you have to have momentum in your life and every day. No, I'm totally on board of that. Uh, I just grabbed something here when you said about your goals. I've got these two goal cards that I've had since like 2000. I used to sell these online in 2007. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so one is long-term goals, medium-term goals, and then short-term goals. That's, that one's in my wallet, so I look at that one every day. I have these by my, by my bed here. And yeah, it's so important, just the process of setting goals and being clear on what, really what you want. So many people are just kind of like floating, you know, they're just kind of like floating, going with the flow. I'm a pretty laid-back guy, but I also have a clear vision of what I want to do and create. And a lot of people that do track the results definitely generate more results because they're aware and conscious of what they're doing, where they're going, and how is it really making an impact in their daily life. So yeah, there was yeah, a uh, I think it was Harvard did a study about uh, like a, like a longitudinal yeah. study, sixty year study of people right. who were successful, and the ones that wrote down their goals is like four percent of them. They were yeah. more successful than the other ninety six percent combined. Uh, yeah. It was a crazy study, and that, that got me really serious about writing down and executing on goals. I just want to take a second to um, just welcome everybody to the call that jumped on. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Quentin. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Um, let's see. We got Pina. We've got Hope. Uh, Jackie, Emily, Justin, thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for checking out. Leave a comment below if there's something that you got out of this that's, that's useful. And if you're watching the replay, just hit hashtag replay in the comments and we're gonna keep on trucking. Uh, so Quentin, take it away. Cool, man. So you just got back from Traffic Conversion. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's one of the biggest, probably the biggest conference in the space of entrepreneurship and digital marketers. Uh, I saw your post, sounded like a pretty powerful experience and a lot of connections you had there. You wanna talk about some of the highlights? Yeah, so highlights, uh, and also some actionable advice if you go to conferences, because I've been to a lot. Um, yeah. So traffic and conversion have been going for like four or five years now, and it's gotten better and better. It used to be more geared towards agencies. Now they're kind of getting that most of their people are kind of solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, um, yeah. less on the agency model. They still serve that crowd, but it's less of that. 
so they had like Richard Branson was there and Dean Graziosi was there. Dean actually did six different speeches. He is a machine. I couldn't believe it. He's really and that guy's an advertising machine. His ads He's are unbelievable. All over Dean is yeah. is definitely one of the greats. Uh, had Billy Jean is marketing there. We had um, you know just all these really wonderful speakers. So I, I got a lot of value out of that. JJ Virgin spoke and a bunch of people. So that was one piece, and the content's always great. I always recommend people just get the recordings because you can't be everywhere at once. Even if you could like maximize, you'd still only catch like twenty percent of it. And you want to be there to meet people. So I don't stress about being in the in the sessions. That's one thing. I get the recordings. The other thing is just seeing all my friends in one place from all over the world. You know, like you were talking about your Swanee, uh, Swanee glasses earlier. I saw James Swanick, who I've known for years, and that was really wonderful mm -hmm. to catch up with him. And he asks the greatest questions. Like he's not a, he, he doesn't bullshit. He's no small talk. He's just all about that. I got to see all my friends at the Internet Marketing Party on Sunday. We had the Mavericks Party last night. The TNC After Party it was an 80s theme. I wore my fanny pack. That was super fun. Um, I went out to a couple like little smaller dinners and, and people renting Airbnbs because everybody just likes to throw money around at these things, you know? So you get invited to these really cool parties and uh, that's always a lot of fun. And it's just a beautiful community. Like I felt, I don't drink alcohol, but I felt drunk on love. Like all the wonderful people that I got to see that I don't get to normally see. And that just, it makes it all worth it. You know, all the nonsense, all the lines, all the hassle, it, it was really beautiful. So uh, not to mention, I met a lot of really great prospective clients. And one of my tricks for that, if you ever want to use it, is go to support your friends who are speaking. That's number one. And when you are uh, supporting your friends who are speaking, they'll typically have a Q&A and they'll typically call on you because guess what, you're their friend. And if you sit up front and raise your hand, they're gonna see you first and, and they're not even gonna be able to help themselves. They're gonna say, hey, you should talk. So now you're on a microphone in front of 5,000 people or whatever and you get to be like, okay, here's my situation. I run this business, we do this thing for these people and blah, 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 and that's where I'm at. Okay, my challenge is, and then you present your challenge, but everybody's just heard your pitch. Everybody's just heard your business. So now that's at the really good, man. that's really, really smart. At that's the end nice. of your question, everybody's forgotten about that. And now they're like lining up to see you. So like literally at the end of one of the segments, there was a line for the speaker who was my friend. And there was a line for me to talk to me because I was that's in the front of the room too. That, that's one of the best, that's one of the best tips I think I've ever heard on how to maximize, I guess, exposure at a conference for free without having to get a booth, without having to be a speaker, just, just ask a good question. That that's really really key. That's great. Yeah. Answer. So that was awesome. And uh, one of one of the things that came out of it was I met. Um, I can't talk about her whole situation, but it's a really high profile person that you would know uh, that just came mm -hmm. up to me, and I was like, "You really like your story seems really familiar." And it was like what I thought it was, and we might end up working together. And it was really wonderful just to to see that work so well. And mm -hmm. all the little side conversations I had, people jumping on my calendar. Another little hack I have is when you're at conferences. Um, there's a, uh, an ability on your phone to, to go into the settings and you go to, let's see, general keyboard. And then you might know where I'm going with this text replacement. And I have like hundreds of these. They're like links and like just different little shortcuts where if I type a few letters and then the letter Q, because I don't want to mess it up, you know, normally. So I'll put like C-A-L-Q or Q-C-A-L, which is calendar. And I'll know that's a link to my calendar and I can just send that really quick. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I have this collaboration document, which I send to people. This is everything I got going on right now. Here's the referral programs, my bonuses. Here's the websites, everything. All of it's mm -hmm. on one sheet and I can update that. It's always on Google Docs so you can update it in real time in case something changes. Um, that's on there. My instructions to get to my house, my address, my, you know, postal, my mailing, my company information, my credit card. All this stuff is on there. I save yeah. so much freaking time texting people because now it's just a few clicks and all yeah. of a sudden it's there. So I can be making 
money happen and deals happen in real time and I'm not even not present. Like I'm just hitting a few buttons and I'm, I'm off right. and back to a conversation. So that's a really effective thing uh, so you don't get overwhelmed. And then I think my other big lesson is if you miss on the first try, send somebody, mm -hmm. take like when you have a little bit of time, send them a note. Like just send them a little bit of a follow-up note and just be like, hey, uh, we, I know we're both busy. I know that interaction didn't, didn't go as well as I hoped it was going to or we didn't have the time to really drop in. Then let's prioritize mm -hmm. dropping in on a call and really get, you know, where there's no distractions. Because conferences, you're getting pulled in 100 directions. And the more popular and focused you get, like I'm not, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a well-known person. But at that event, I was actually pretty well-known. So at all the parties, people were like, recognizing me and be like, oh, you're Brad Hart. Oh my God, I followed your stuff and this is cool. And I'm like, I really first understood what it must be like to be a celebrity because there's people that have a relationship with you that you don't even know that, you know, have received value from you and you've never even met. And that's kind yeah. of a jarring experience. And then you're having a conversation that's completely like, you know, you know, they're, they're gushing and you're like, oh, that's great. Thanks. And you're like, what do you do? You know? <laughs> so yeah. that was interesting. And I didn't really no, know where to go from there. I, I can totally relate to that on two real life uh, things. When I was in Vancouver before I, I kind of left a number of years ago, I was working in the film and basically movie industry there. So I'd be going out to events or being on set with like some like guy like Bradley Cooper and stuff. And I would see people like literally like freak out, like just like, oh my God, it's, it's him, it's them. But the first time I ever saw that with an internet entrepreneur was in Bali this past month. I was hanging out a lot with, uh, you know, Passport Heavy and Jabril. I don't know those guys now. No, okay. So Jabril is one of the best Facebook advertisers in the world, cool. but he actually has a program called uh, Passport Heavy where he travels around the world and does these really high-end films. And the number of like people that just come up to him in a restaurant, in a cafe, uh, at a bar on the beach that are just like, oh my God, Jabril, I'm here in Bali because I saw your Changu video. Wow. And it was like ridiculous. I saw this one girl literally look up mouth dropped and then she dropped her phone because she recognized him and i'm like that's the first time i've seen like a youtube celebrity get that celebrity like a-list you know actor hollywood status attention i'm like man like youtube is really and the internet is basically becoming like the new hollywood in a way it's crazy you know i got casey neistat on my wall i actually have three things i have the buddha to remind me to chill out i got casey neistat to remind me to work harder i got a little giraffe up there just to remind me to have fun but I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be a guy like that where you can't go anywhere. People are, you, yeah. you're famous in every country. Like literally you're getting yeah. mobbed no matter where you go. So I don't know if I want that life, but if that's the level of service I'm being called up to, I just hope I'm equal to it and I can, I can grow right. into it um, because it's a really interesting life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier that uh, I want to kind of come back and loop around to. You said that you, you stopped drinking and I've seen a number of your posts. And one of the reasons why I've connected with James Swanwick so much is actually I have his, 30 day no alcohol challenge is one of the sponsors for my podcast because I stopped drinking about two years ago. And so just interested. I'm always interested to hear other people who kind of stopped drinking. Their that's actually a great story. Cause that's how I got connected to James in the first place too. So to make a long story short, uh, Frank and I, my head of sales at make more marbles, uh, and I had both been sober for a while and we were making videos in my apartment in Santa Monica one day. And we're like, well, why don't we just talk about drinking? Like, you know, I don't know. We didn't really have a plan around it. We we're just like, let's talk about quitting drinking. So we made a video on YouTube. It was like how to quit I alcohol. Yeah. So so at the, so we it ended up going crazy. It was like the second result for quitting alcohol on YouTube for like two years or the top result. I don't know. It was up there. It was right up in the search engine. So we got like thousands and tens of thousands of views and thousands of emails. People reaching out. I quit drinking 90 days in, 60 days in. All this beautiful love coming back to us. And we're like, what do we do with this? Like, I don't run a business about how to help people solve challenges like that. So I literally went on ClickBank. And the first thing I found was the 30-day challenge for James. 
And okay. I reached out to him I'm like, hey man, uh, I know we're connected on Facebook. I know you, he was working with Ty Lopez at the time. Uh, I know you work with Ty. Like, what's the what's the deal here? He's like, oh yeah, just send the traffic to that. That's easy, and you'll make money. I'm like, eh, okay, cool. If it helps people, great. And I thought nothing of it. And then we'd get like the checks we roll in, and people would be reaching out to us. Oh my God, you changed our life. This is great. All I had to do was write a few emails and make a video. And now I had this little fun income stream, and people were sending me all this love. Like I helped them change their life. And I guess I got value out of it. But I didn't even like think through that whole thing. I guess I was just willing to have a real conversation at a time when not a lot of people were about yeah. having quit drinking and now what my life was like afterwards without judgment, without like holier than now, not making it a 12 step program. And, um, it was just a really fascinating thing that happened. It really showed me the power of those little topics, you know, that are really uh, affecting a lot of people that nobody talks about. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, and I think that when you go into these, like my, literally my last episode was, um, overcoming sex and porn addiction mm. because one of the guys that I just connected with at this men's group, his first day there, he just unloaded this, you know, really heavy situation he's been dealing with. And I said, you know what, man, that's so incredible for you to share that in this group of like 30 guys around this table. I'm like, would you be willing to share that, you know, on a anonymous podcast? Like, we're not going to say who you are. We're not going to be a tag. We'll use a fake name. He's like, I'd love to. So we just did this podcast. I just posted it like last week. And the feedback I've gotten from that through DMs and private messages, people are saying thanks. Like, even like women too, which was surprising. Well, that's really surprising, but you know more than I than I expected. Uh, so yeah, I think when you talk about things that everyone is kind of going through, but there's not a public space to, uh, I guess, bring that up. It, it, it's what people are really hungry for. You know, it, it's just something that is real and it's impacting a lot of people. And if you just kind of make it okay to share about things that most people don't feel okay about sharing, it, it's what people are really, uh, I think, searching for. So good for you, man, for kind of starting that. Yeah. And I know that program has just blown up since then. And yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Really so many people have changed their lives as a result of it. And obviously he's done Swannies and a bunch of other cool stuff. He's got Swanic sleep coming down the pipe if it hasn't launched already. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a bunch of great stuff. And, uh, you know, for me, I feel like that was the moment when it shifted for me. It was like I was able to be vulnerable about something. And even yeah. I wasn't as vulnerable as I could have been and talked about everything that went on. But I was vulnerable a little bit and I really let people in and I got rewarded in such a massive way for it. I'm like, wow, there's really people out there that want to hear about this stuff. Okay, great. What else can I share? You know, and it was this opportunity yeah. to open up about other things in my life, like, you know, growing up the way I did and having the challenges I did and, you know, still the challenges I have today. Like most of my most popular posts are about mm. times when I was like completely hitting rock bottom and I turned it around. Mm. And that's, yeah. uh, I think, a common human story. They all want to hear about that hero's journey. So I would encourage anybody listening, you know, the relevance here is if you're going to be an influencer, you want to be an influencer. I'm not saying I'm like Bradley Cooper or anything like that, but I am Brad Hart and I got what I got. And what I've learned is that, you know, people really want to hear you and your story and the warts, you know, they don't want to hear just how great you are. Like people will um, appreciate and respect you for your successes, but they'll love you for your failures. So really just, mm -hmm. you know, because not everybody can relate to success, but everybody can relate to failure. Yeah, and especially these days in this like filtered social media, perfect Instagram picture life that we live in, people are really starved for just authentic, I guess, stories that make people look bad because everything out there is tailored to make people look good. So if you can just be like, hey man, this sucks or this sucked, mm. but this is how I overcame it. Like you said, the hero's journey, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's effective. For many reasons. And you almost have to walk the line. Like you don't want to be a victim and, and promote victimhood. 
you got to right. kind of talk about how it sucked and you, you didn't stay there and you moved through it. Cause so like, I don't yeah. always share stuff like that cause it's like happening in real time, but I don't want to like yeah. give an update about every day and every challenge I go through. And sometimes I have multiple days where nothing bad happens and it's great. Right. Uh, but then when I am hitting the skids, like I'm always thinking about like, what does this mean? What do I need to learn? What do I need to pay attention to? How do I grow from this? How do I learn from this? Uh, I ask yeah. myself better questions so that I have kind of a mental, uh, construct of a story that I can tell later that might help somebody through the same or a similar situation. No, that's awesome. Um, I want to touch base on crypto. You're very early involved. You last time we chatted, you were looking at working with uh, our friend Mike Dillard's um, program, the Elevation Group, or what he started, and you're kind of running the uh, the helm there. Just kind of curious what your thoughts are and how you got started in that. Where you think the market is going? I, I always like to kind of. Uh, yeah. Connect with other crypto brothers. Sure. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just clean up a little bit of that story because I, I don't know Mike super well personally. We've interacted over okay. message, but uh, I think the story, as I understand it, is he um, sold out of the company and then uh, they were, it was bought by two clients of mine, the Fouts brothers, and they run it currently. Um, and that's how I understand that went down. So separate right. distinction. Uh, but uh, working with the Fouts on EVG was really fun. Uh, we made a crypto course because I just saw so many people getting sucked into what I could tell was going to be a, a big letdown. You know, it was just going too far, too fast, too soon, right? And um, if you've studied markets like I have for a long time, you, you know there's going to be a, a painful loss. So you want to help people on the way up where it's like, don't get caught in a real scam. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, stick to the fundamentals, uh, keep an eye on the price, and then don't get overhyped with the thing. I mean, buying at higher and higher levels. I mean, you know, we've seen swings of 90% in cryptocurrencies and that's yeah. consistent. And the, the swings are getting bigger as a function of absolute zero and absolute how high they can go. So I think the next rally would be even bigger if, if there is one and something doesn't decimate, you know, the underlying foundations of it. Uh, and I'm still excited about blockchain. I always have been, yeah. but crypto is kind of like just the first, you know, instance of crypto, or I'm sorry, crypto is just the first instance of blockchain getting out and yeah. stretching its legs and showing what it's capable of. Um, but it's going to change everything from security to privacy to identity to, um, you know, insurance to charity to, you know, everything. It's just it's a wild thing. And it's just finding its little holes that it can it can usurp. Uh, I think it was Taylor, uh, one of my friends, Taylor Pearson, who is a really deep thinker and puts out some great work. He wrote a book called The End of Jobs. He talks about blockchain as like the next thing that's going to make a market that's going to eat the world. So it's not just software eating the world, like they say in Silicon Valley, it's actually uh, making new markets like Amazon's yeah. a marketplace where everybody can sell now and that, that ate the world, right? Or um, Google was a, a marketplace or Facebook was a marketplace where everybody could advertise and it wasn't, you know, $10 million. Like you need to need a Super Bowl ad budget to do it. Uh, so that ate the world. Um, and now you have blockchain, which is going to change and decimate a lot of middleman type industries, uh, mm -hmm. which is going to eat the world. So mm -hmm. it's just that tipping point that we need to find. And it's happening in some areas very quickly because there's a very dire need, like in Argentina and, and Venezuela, for example, where they really need right. something different to put their money into because their currency is completely fucked. Excuse my yeah. language. But then yeah. there's other places where the system is good enough and still serves enough people where they're not going to make a massive wholesale shift, but they'll start moving in droves as soon as it's a better system. And it might take mm -hmm. five years to transfer over. Like, you know, when I started using Uber, nobody used Uber and now everybody uses Uber, but it, it took a few years. Yeah. Yeah. As far as um, your advice for someone that has an idea for a blockchain, not a cryptocurrency, but an actual blockchain company, would you say that now is a good time to start 
building that and putting the process in it is still too early for the actual mainstream adoption for people to be like, okay, this makes sense. Let's just go ahead and jump on board. With yeah, I think there's definitely a little hanging fruit. Uh, it, it is such a wide variety. I can't answer that with one one statement. So mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. in places like logistics and IT and security, absolutely. Let's get after it, right? Yeah. Uh, in other places, uh, not so much. Maybe maybe it's like a wait and see. Um, yeah. A resource that I recommend to everybody to check out what's newest and latest and greatest if you're really into blockchain, especially from a developer standpoint, you want the education to really take it to the next level, to build the tools of the future. I always tell people to go to Block Geeks. A friend of mine runs it. Yeah. And Amir. actually, yeah, Amir and then Dimitri Buterin, who's uh, Vitalik Buterin's father, is actually on, uh, on that team as well. And they're just the best that I've found on resources yeah, and they, they do an incredible job. So I really recommend them and, and you'll go down a lot of rabbit holes, but you'll have a much better understanding of what it is. Cause there's just so much noise, right? Separating the signal from the noise these days is like half the battle. So um, yeah. it would be really sad if you were to make a decision based on crappy information from somebody who didn't really, you know, meant well, but didn't really know what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Totally. The reason I asked is I have an idea for like an actual blockchain protocol project to, work around the legal uh, industry. Okay. But there's just like this whole gray area now, what is, you know, just where this space is gonna go. I know it's gonna go and evolve, but like, you like you know, people say you don't wanna be the first and you don't wanna be the last. Right, So and pioneers, you know, they get arrows and settlers get gold. Right. So, you know, be yeah. willing to take some arrows in the meantime, because yeah. I, I'm definitely, yeah. I've taken some. I've seen my net worth fluctuate by 5% a day sometimes when, when the cryptos oh, yeah. were really getting crazy. And yeah. I just have a new role. Like I used to trade for a living and that was really stressful. So now I just buy assets. You know, I generate mm-hmm. cash and I buy assets and I don't, any asset I buy, I'm going to hold forever. That's my goal. What's your main asset that you're looking at accumulating now? Uh, that's an interesting question. So uh, my five are, I'll just give my basic formula for investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's five concentric rings I look at risk. So risk close to the chest is cash in the bank, three to six months, depending on whether you're single or have a family, no more than six months, more than six months is a waste of cash. Uh, then you move out to life insurance. There's some really great structured policies that can give you retirement income and you pay for five years, the bank finances for 10 years, and then you own the policy and it, it accumulates both in death benefit value and also in, uh, income in your, in your, uh, in your later years, which is great. So that would be number two. Number three would be uh, a blended portfolio of stocks, bonds, gold, commodities. Uh, I look to Ray Dalio to help me with that kind of stuff because he's way smarter at me uh, than me at that. Uh, I would look into all weather investing uh, or all seasons investing, whatever they call it. And then the next piece uh, would be real estate. Why real estate before stocks or after stocks as far as riskier? Because it takes more time, energy, and attention to find manage and run real estate deals than it does to buy or sell stock. That's really it. And you can't get your time and energy and attention back. And when you get stuck in a house for six months, that can be a much bigger deal than, oh, I took a loss on a stock. No big deal, I can go make more money, right? So yeah. then uh, once you have those four in place, I would look at like angel venture and whatnot, where you, the portfolio theory states that you need at least to do 10 or 20 deals in order to find one that's a winner. Uh, right. And you need to be capitalized to be able to make that make sense. Uh, but the best thing you can do to get wealthy is just increase your income, serve more people, add more value. Yeah. No, awesome, man. I think that's a great way to wrap up. I want to be mindful of your time. We've been going for a little bit here. Um, where can people reach out? I'll have your links below to wherever you want to direct people. You've got a mastermind that you mentioned earlier. If you yeah. Want to give that a plug. yeah. Yeah, I'll give a, I'll give a little plug. I'll talk about anybody who wants to build a mastermind and the reason to build a mastermind is so that you can increase your income and impact for your best clients uh, in less time. 
Um, so better than one-on-one, -on -one, better than even group coaching. A mastermind allows you to uh, not push, push, push all the time, but also pull the best out of the group and help them lead themselves and each other to the ultimate outcome. Uh, gain clarity, accountability, support, build that trust, get that leverage, and keep that engagement in their lives so that they move forward faster and they solve any problem, travel, you know, do cool things together. Uh, and it really builds community. So that's why I love masterminds. We have a program to help people build them uh, to add 100K to their bottom line in five, 10 hours a month. That's the promise of the program. Uh, we've been doing it now for a little while. I've been a part of 26 masterminds. I've started eight of my own. So if that calls to you, please do reach out. The way to reach out to me is either on Facebook, facebook.com slash bradhart, makemoremarbles.com. If you're interested in the masterminds, uh, program specifically, you want to check out a case study video that we made, uh, you can go to buildamastermind.com. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always available for questions if you want to reach out. Uh, we're live on Facebook. I just want to thank everybody who joined since the last time we gave a shout out. Jessica, Jenna, Joanna, Sylvia, Mary, Brant. Uh, you guys are the best. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Quentin, for interviewing me today. And, and I'm so grateful we had this uh, time together and got to connect from the other side of the world. I'm always blown away by the synchronicities in life. It's really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we've got our matching glasses on here too. So it was a, it's official. It's official. Yeah, I appreciate your time. And like I said, everyone, Brad, he's the guy that's been making it happen in this industry for a long time. Definitely, if you're looking to make more marbles, he's the guy to connect with and follow his content. He, put, he always puts out really inspiring stories and updates and he's just a good, a good guy to know and to be involved with things that he's up to. So thanks so much, brother, for the time. I'll let you relax. Are you still in the, uh, San Diego for the conference or did you? Yeah, the conference, yet? conference ended. I live in San Diego, so uh, it was local for me. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you guys joined us on the live, just, um, you know, leave a comment below. Let us know what you enjoyed about this podcast. If you got any good takeaways. If you're watching the replay, hit hashtag replay. And if you have found value in this, you want to share it with your audience, I'd be really grateful. I know Quentin would be too. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and Quentin, thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Yeah. And guys, the podcast link is here. If you guys want to check out the audio when we post it live there, it'll be coming out soon. And Brad, see you on the beach somewhere soon, hopefully. Yes, sir. All right. Beautifully you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.